Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I have been to the mountain with God. And he has, as pastor of this church and as overseers of your souls, amen, he has given me specific instruction and direction some of which I may never share with you, some of which he's showing me things like he did. Paul, Paul said, there's things I have seen that I just can't share with mortal man. I just need you to know as your pastor that I've been to the mountain, heard from God, uh, and he has directed me on directing this church. Uh, Something supernatural happened to me on July the 7th, uh, 2018, 7 7 I was on that mountain of prayer. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, uh, I don't know why I should share this with you. It's my personal time, but I'm going to share it with you because uh, you're members of, uh, 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 you're sheep in this flock. I like that better than members of this church. Amen. You're the sheep of my flock. Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you have been born again, again. Anybody ever been born again, again? Anybody ever got resaved? I'm not talking about backsliding and falling away from God. But there's times when you're growing in God, you just get born again, again. And you leave one dimension and step into a new dimension. Amen. It's not about losing your salvation or backsliding. But he said, you've been born again, again. You can mark this day. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I did mark the day. Amen. And I haven't seen the fullness of it uh, yet, but everything has changed since I was born again, again on July 7th, 2018. One of which I can no longer prepare you a sermon because now God said you will become the sermon. I'll no longer preach you a sermon, amen, that is not who I am and what I am. I'll no longer preach to you from my intellect, but from the depths of God's spirit for what he's saying for you in this church. But he said there's only one problem with that, amen. And he reminded me of Peter and James, headed up, or Peter and John headed up to the temple, and there was a crippled man laying by the gate called Beautiful. Amen. And, and, and Peter walked up to him and said, Look at us. And the Bible says, He looked upon them expecting to receive alms. Amen. But Peter gave him something he wasn't expecting. Amen. So you might not get what you're expecting me to give you, But I promise you, what we give you is going to be better for you than what you expected. You may think you need a little bit of something else when the Holy Spirit is going to be giving you what you really need. And sometimes what you really need is not as tasteful as what you really want. Is anybody in this place? Amen. But what you want may get you through another day and put an alms in your cup. But when the Holy Ghost gives you what you need, it'll change your life forever. Is anybody in this place? Amen. So that is my goal as a pastor and my new commitment to you. Uh, Amen. To give you uh, what you need. It may challenge you. It may stretch you. But I promise you, you will enter into the temple rejoicing and everybody will see the change in your life. Can somebody shout amen? Yeah. All right, grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, verse number 13. It says, enter ye in at the straight gate. Somebody shout straight. Straight in the, in the Greek is strenos. It's where we get our word strain or strenuous. Enter you in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Wide is the gate, broad is the way. means it's an easy way. It's an easy way. It's easier to go to hell than to go to heaven. It's easier to be unhealthy than to be healthy. It's easier to be out of shape than in shape. And many are out of shape. Many 
are unhealthy. And the only thing standing between you and being in shape and healthy is a straight gait. A compressed way. A narrow way that takes some effort. Can you say amen? And here's the reason there's so many on the broad way that leads to destruction. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to what? What? And how many? Few they be that find it. Some, look at your neighbor and say, Jesus said that. Turn with me to the book of Luke 13. Luke 13, 24. Luke 13, 24 says, strive. That word strive means struggle, contend, fight, labor. Strive, struggle, struggle past your doubts, your fears, struggle by all the worldly possessions that hinder us, struggle, fight, contend, strive to enter in at that straight gate. For many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. This way is so straight And it's so narrow, and it was made straight and narrow by divine design. Because nobody can walk this straight way or get into this narrow place without the help of the Holy Spirit. This way cannot be walked in the natural mind or in the natural strength or by your natural ability. That's why you have to pray that's why you'll have to pray this way kills flesh the flesh can't operate in this way we see that with Moses and the children of Israel they went through the Red Sea like it was nothing but when the enemy tried to come through it destroyed them amen this this thing called Christianity was made so straight so rigid, so narrow that no natural man can walk here. You have to be aided by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? So I want to reach back before I go forward. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. Everything's changed for me in July, especially since July 7th, 2018. Everything's changed to me and said, you and Life Church are about to go through a a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift is when everything you thought you knew gets turned upside down. A paradigm shift is when uh, everything that you called normal and the way of doing things all of a sudden gets shifted upside down. Is anybody in here having a paradigm shift? That the way you see things, you don't see them that way anymore. Amen? He said you're, you're, you're about to go through a paradigm shift. Amen. Everything is about to change. And somehow or another, uh, go with me this morning. He put this model. Let me have my model back up there, Josh. He put this model in my life. Now, this is a business model. And I need to back up for some of you who weren't here last week. This is a, a business model. And businesses come to a certain point. To where they hit a dead end and their profit begins to fall. Or it levels off and they can't get the profit going again. So when it comes to this point, it's a place of uh, dead end. Either we make some changes or we're going out of business. We make some changes or every other business is going to be so far ahead of us, we're going to become irrelevant. So businessmen and their employees and business owners get together in boardrooms, amen, and they start talking about the strategic inflection point. And it's a point in business to where we have to make some tough decisions, amen? We have to make some decisions that we got to make some changes Or we're going to keep going in this vicious cycle. Amen. We're just going to stay 
in this vicious cycle. So every business comes to this place, and that place is an opportunity for that business to go to the next level. But if the business don't understand that, it's going to repeat itself. It's going to repeat itself, and it's going to stay in the same cycle, and it's going to be over and over and over. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Well, some of you and Life Church as a whole has been brought to our strategic inflection point. Amen. And, and some of you have been brought to this place time and time again, but you didn't recognize it for what it was, and you made the circle again. Because you, uh, 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 a strategic inflection point is usually characterized by an, an overwhelming dissatisfaction. Has anybody got dissatisfied with your current spirituality lately? Has, has, has anybody come to the point to where if this is all it is, I don't even want it? Oh, come on, you can just be honest. Amen. If this is the sum total of Christianity, you know what? I, I, I feel like I could do better on a bar stool again. Oh, y'all ain't going to be real with me, but I'm going to be real with you this morning. Amen. You, you come to the point to where, amen, that there is a disgruntled feeling in you. Amen. And you just ain't got the joy you ought to have. And you ain't got the fire you ought to got. And you don't have the passion you ought to have. And if you don't understand what this is, you don't realize it's an opportunity of a voice calling you to a higher place. It, 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 it's, a, it's, an, it's an opportunity. Amen. One, of, one, one earmark. Now, I'm going to talk about some divisions. I need to go with you. And so, when you come to this point right here where this arrow is, amen, you got to make a decision. I'm about to turn this thing or I'm going to stick to status quo. And I'm going to stay stuck in the muck. And I'm going to stay stuck in the mire. And I'm going to stay a nominal Christian. Or I'm going to stay lost. Or I'm going to stay in the position that I am in. Why? Because it takes effort to make the turn. Somebody shout strain. Strive. Amen. But there's a holy discontentment coming to the body of Christ to get us out of our cycles. Amen. Because the world is standing back saying, where is your God? Your life ain't no different from my life. Oh, I'm just going to get real today, amen. You're taking the same pills I take to make it through the day. Where is your God? Your marriages are in the same shape ours are in. Where is your God? Your kids are going crazy just like our kids. Where is your God? Oh, I come to sound an alarm, amen. You throw cuss fits just like we do. Where is your God? You get angry just like we do. Where is your God? Somebody say, we got to turn it. We got to turn it. Amen. We got to turn it. Amen. We got to turn it. We got to turn it. And that's where the majority of the church is today. Amen. And God pulls us up and gives an opportunity to turn it. But when you start to turn it, division sets in. Oh, my God. Who am I preaching to? Division sets in. Why? Because, yes, this circle was dysfunctional, but it's all I know. I, I, I know it's dysfunctional, but I'm more comfortable in dysfunction because at least I know it. I know how to get mad. I know how to get angry. I know how to cuss you out. I know how to get back at you. Amen. And I'm comfortable with it, but there's something in me that's calling me to a place. And this voice is not matching this voice. And this voice is saying, go you another round and give them what for. And then that voice up there is saying, I'm calling you to a new paradigm. I'm calling you up. I'm calling you to a higher level. And so when you get to this place, there's a divine division. Oh, my God. I know some of y'all are too self-righteous to be honest with me. But has anybody been feeling a division in your heart, in your home, in your relationships. And there is going to be, oh God Almighty, y'all pray for your pastor today. And it's at this, it's called the dis dissonance scalp. 
Dissonance means lack of harmony. So you can tell when you start making the turn because you lose harmony with you. Oh, my, my, my. Y'all ain't going to help me, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. You can tell you're making the turn because all of a sudden you're divided against yourself. And there's a part of me wanting to go up, but I'm used to going down. There's a double side. And all of a sudden, division comes in. This is the first form of division. I'm going to go somewhere with this. Amen. Some of you don't understand what I'm preaching. What is he talking about? Oh, God, that's good right there. What's he talking about? I come up every now and then, get a little spiritual and say praise the Lord, say grace over my meal only to. It's just my lifestyle. It's the way I've been. I've been saved 20 years. I know this circle. Oh, my God, Penguin, I forgot to start my sermon off with your poem. Amen. Because I went. Y'all remember Robert Frost? He wrote a song, said, I walked up to the woods, and they were two trails. He said, I took the one less traveled, and oh, the difference it made. Your problem is, it's easy to walk in the well-trodden paths of immorality. Oh, somebody ought to help me. You don't take no conscience, no effort, no scripture, no word, no prayer to walk out the well-trodden trodden paths of religiosity where it requires nothing but I stay within the boundaries my God I am preaching I don't know if you listen amen but Robert Foss said I took the path less traveled straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life and there's few people that's going to find it and here's your first obstacle are y'all still with me the first thing it causes is division between you But can I give you a a Genesis principle? That in the beginning, God stood on the brink of nothing in total darkness, amen, with no substance to work with but his word. Can I get a witness? Because your Bible says the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. And then Jesus stood, or God stood and said, let there be light, amen. Because the Bible says the earth was without form, And, well, in the Hebrew, that literally means it was a chaotic mess. The light was where the darkness was supposed to be. The darkness was where the light was supposed to be. The water was where the land was supposed to be. Even the heaven was done clashed with the earth. It was just one big mess. But God stood and said, let there be light. And the very next scripture says, he divided the light from the darkness. Can I tell you, there'll be no real order in your life until there is some division. I can't tell it like I feel it. You'll never have order in your life until there's some division in your life. And for you that are in division and think you're not worthy or you're less than or you're not normal, I want to tell you, you're the ones God is speaking to. Because there's some people sitting in here that has no division in their life and they are comfortable being comfortable. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to the 1% that wants to make the turn. Shake your neighbor and tell him he's talking about you. He's talking about you. Amen. You're wanting to turn. You're wanting to turn or you wouldn't be here today. Something's been happening to you. You're wanting to make the turn. And I, as your pastor, I come to help you, amen, that when you make the turn, there is what the business model calls a dissonance gap. And actually, that's a musical term. It's when the notes are not playing the same thing. It's my piano. It's when the notes are not playing the same thing. Amen. I don't know how to play that thing. How come it ain't working? Amen. It's when the notes are not playing the same. I see Kobe working on something, so I'm going to keep beating. Amen. And some of you don't understand that everything was going. This is what a, give me some volume. This is what a dissonance gap sounds like in the music world. Okay, when I start playing, everybody sing what I'm playing. Come on. Freddie sang, why me, Lord, last week? Uh, You can't sing it. You can't join with it. You can't be a part of it because it don't make sense. 
sense. This is what your life looks like right now. It just don't make sense. Something is calling me up here, but something is pulling me down here. But God steps in and divides the dark from the light. You ought to be glad there's division in your life because before darkness controlled you, but now at least they're at war with one another. Now at least I'm guilty when I don't pray. Now at least. Amen. You can't even join with it, Harley. You can't sing to it because it's an uncertain sound and I don't know what's going on in my life, but I ought to be happy and I'm not happy. I ought to be shouting and I'm not shouting. Uh, Am I talking to anybody in this place? Bad thing about some of this message, the person, you're receiving it, but the person sitting beside you saying, what is he talking about? He missed it today. He missed it today. I just come to applaud you if you've had division in the nighttime. I come to applaud you if you are divided against yourself. I come to applaud you because it's an invitation to make the turn. Oh, it's an invitation to make the turn. But in this turn, I start leaving me. Always I had a pointer. start leaving me. I start leaving me. Surely there's a pointer here somewhere. Amen. Does this thing come apart? Josh is saying, please, Dad, don't. Don't. Look, he's going to do something about it. I'll tear this this place upside down. Are you listening to me? I come to tell you, Life Church, you have come to the point where you're about to leave you. And you don't want to be left behind. Your old way of thinking don't want to be left behind. Your old way of doing things don't want to be left behind. So you are in and creating a dissonance gap in your life. Because as saved as I am and as hungry as I am, it didn't say God obliterated the darkness. It just said he divided it. Somebody ought to help me right there. I want to help you understand why why you got saved. God didn't put you in a bubble where you'd never be tempted again. He didn't put you in a bubble where them old desires wasn't trying to pull you back around again. But he did put a Holy Ghost in you. He put a Holy Ghost in you to start turning you, to start turning you. Does anybody feel the pull of God turning you? You ought to get on your feet and make some noise. Hey, I feel the turn. I feel the turn. I feel. And see, this this ain't for Christians only. Some of you are in here and you're not even in the right relationship with Jesus Christ and you don't even know why you showed up today. I come to tell you, you have been given the opportunity to make a turn in your life and what's going on right now in your own. It's the greatest moment of your life. But if you don't understand it, if you don't understand it, if you don't understand it, you're finna make that circle again. I am bound to determine as pastor of life, church, I will not circle this mountain one time. I will not go back around the mountain of religion one more time. I'm going up. Y'all pray for me. There's no sense in getting this worked up to tell y'all. Move something. My shirt, take my shirt off. <laughs> what would I do without you? <laughs> he's, 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 he's calling you. He's giving you an opportunity. And you don't even know. You don't even know why this is going on in your life. I'll slap that. You know, I'll teach him. You can't tell these young people nothing. <laughs> is anybody in this place for me? Some of you are getting uncomfortable in your sin. Some of you are getting uncomfortable being on the outside looking in. Something's visiting your home and your house. And really, amen, and it's shaking you up. Amen. And some of you just got up this morning and said, you know what, baby? We're going to church today. It's the proof that God has given you an opportunity to make the turn. Make the turn now is the time
So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was that form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. God stood on the face of the deep and said, let there be light. And there was light. And then God divided the light from the darkness and said, this is good. Can I applaud your division? Can I? Hey, hey. Some of you are content with nominal Christianity, but we're talking about a new paradigm shift. And some of you will not be moved by this sermon. And behave Dean behave are you listening to me amen and you'll never understand the pull that some of you are feeling right now but God said when division came this is good this is good so some of you are divided within yourself right now and your intentions in the dissonance gap You'll know you're in there when your intentions don't match your, they contradict your actions. Is that all right? Come on. My God, I've been using his sermon ever since he preached. You better be ready Thursday night because we probably ain't stopping. These are your intentions, but this can be your actions. Me and Tammy talked about this. I intend to be more faithful, but my actions are contradicting my intentions. So I am divided within my own self. <laughs> are you listening to me? And, 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 and in business model, amen, this, this dissonance gap is the only way you can measure your success. When you measure from this point to this point, you'll know you made the turn when your intentions have turned into actions in spite of your feelings going the other way. I just said more than you receive. You'll know it when your intentions are in concert with your actions. Come on, I need a piano player. I'll stay right here, Courtney. Can you leave? that I'll stay right in front of your camera amen you'll know you can measure okay I don't feel any different but my intentions and my actions are meeting up I don't feel breakthrough who am I talking to I don't feel breakthrough yet but at least my intentions and my actions are in harmony with one another and it sounds like this wow Y'all didn't know I could do this. What? 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 Nothing's changed. But at least now, there's harmony. There's harmony. There may be hell everywhere else, but there's harmony in me. Oh! My husband ain't changed. My wife ain't changed. My children ain't changed. But there's harmony in me. And when there's harmony in you, it changes your husband. It changes your wife. It changes your children. Division. Now I'm in control. I'm in control. I'll prove it to you. I'm in control. It's so. This is what salvation is supposed to look like. I'm in control of my life for the first time in my life. I'm not out of control no more, Mike. And I'm not in, in, with my own life. And if I'm not at peace with me, I can't be at peace with you. And if I don't love me, I can't love you. <laughs> play, Courtney, play. Play it, turn her up, turn her up. Play, Courtney, play. This is the straight way. This is the narrow way. My life is it all. My life is in harmony with my God. Oh, play it, baby, play it, sis. Play it, play it, play it. <laughs> See, yes. 
you're crying over the division and God is saying, this is good. This is beautiful. It's beautiful because you are finally united. Oh my God, somebody's getting blessed right now. Somebody is getting blessed right now. Somebody is getting blessed right now. All of a sudden, Lindsay, all of a sudden the hell is worth it. All of a sudden it's worth it. All of a sudden, just the... It's worth it. It's worth it. It was worth, Josh, it was worth giving up our week for prayer. It was worth it, Cole. It was worth it. When I could have been sitting on the TV, I could have even been praying at home, but it was worth it to give up my life and say goodbye to me. It was worth it to say goodbye to me. Oh! Oh God, that's so beautiful. Give her some mic and let's see. Okay, now everybody, let's step out of dissonance into unity. And let me hear your voices like a great big choir because this is what's happening in life, church. I can't be unified with you until our spirits become one. Our spirits are becoming one. Oh, listen, listen, sing, sing. Something's breaking. Something's breaking. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Heaven is applauding and saying, This is good. We're being orchestrated by the same words. Let there be light. Stay with me, daughter. Story, I'm finna bust you out. I'm finna bust you out. Come up here and help me preach. No, I'm kidding. But look, she's doing it. It's proof. It's the proof. She wanted to lead worship. And God was calling her. Oh, God. She was in her strategic inflection point. But everything within her was trying to get her to go back around and back around and everything in her said I can't do it I can't do it but she finally made the turn and this morning was it worth it story was it worth it was it worth it I seen her go to another realm division okay y'all sit down what are you doing on your feet The first sign of division in the strategic inflection point is when you are divided from yourself. And when you're divided from yourself, you got to be careful who you hang out with. And at this point, you need to be alone. You just need to be alone because if you try to talk about this gap, it'll come out all. Um, it just, <laughs> it just, it just comes out like this. I need you to hold your baby's ears right now. Everybody, hold your baby's ears. Okay, you got it. Tell the person next to you to shut up. You need to shut up. You need to shut up because you're in 
a strategic inflection point and you don't know how you feel. You don't even know where you're going. All you know is something's happening in me. And when you talk too much at this point, they're going to give you silly religious advice to cover up the division that God is shaking in your... That's why he told the children of Israel, I want you to march seven times around and I want you to keep your mouth shut because you are at a strategic inflection point and I'm about to take you to another dimension and if you start talking too much, you're going to muddy up the waters of my division. Somebody, for the first time in your life, I want you to shout, thank God for division because you can't change until you get in a fight with yourself. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. When you get, you'll know when you're ready to go to the next level. Amen. Because you will violently begin to oppose your own self. You will violently begin to say, you're going to pray. You're going to study. You're going to get in close to God. You're going to go to the mountain. If you feel like going to the mountain or not, is anybody listening to me? You ain't even ready until you have picked up a biting beam called an old rugged cross and caught it climbing the hill. Who am I preaching to? I'm climbing the hill called Calvary. And when I get to the top, I'm going to hang myself on this cruel beam. This is my point of inflection. Oh my God, I got three more points to preach, but I'm having a hard time. Some of you have not stepped into your calling and your anointing because you've been around the same circle. I've heard some of you tell me the same thing a hundred times over and it's done got of where you're going and what you're going to do. And Amen. It's done got to the point I just smile. Bless you. Some of you have said, amen, I'm positioning my life so I can give more to Jesus. And I've seen the repositioning of your life, but I haven't seen you give more to Jesus. Amen. I'm just feeling real pastoral today. Amen. Because your intentions has become your God. I found out it's a lot easier to worship my intentions than my actions. Because when I worship my intentions, uh, it makes me feel better about myself that I intend to do better, but I'm going to ignore my actions. Somebody's texting me. So God sent me today to sound the alarm. Somebody that's got my number, call me right quick. Call me right quick. Give me some volume. Give me some volume. Amen. You can't do both. Call me, Josh. Call me somebody. Amen. So God turned my volume. So God called me to sound the alarm. To sound the alarm. To wake up the church. Because it's time to move to the next level. Is that all the volume we can get? Amen. To sound the alarm. Can y'all still hear me? Thank you. To sound the alarm actually means uh, it's in the book of Joel. You can give me that scripture if you want. It's in the book of Joel. Call me again, Lace. I didn't answer. Amen. To sound the alarm. It is a piercing in the ear. It's not supposed to be comfortable. Real preaching ain't supposed to let you sleep when your house is on fire. Real preaching. An alarm. An alarm is supposed to stir up fear and an uncomfortableness. But we're too comfortable going over the same cycle. I came to sound the alarm. It ain't supposed to feel good. It's supposed to wake you up. But preachers won't do it no more because what's the sound you hate the most? I despise my alarm. Some of you have done, been like the 21st century preachers. You put some little worship music on. Oh, my, my, my. And so it don't startle you. My God. My God. 
The house is on fire. Your children are going to hell. The community is addicted to drugs and alcohol while we're going around the same circle. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. My God, I don't know how much to give you. Amen. But I did a survey myself. Amen. Of the condition of the church. Amen. And I looked up how many believe that God's word is the true standard of truth no matter what. And it says 38% of the church believe that is the inerrant word of God and it is to be followed at all costs. It said that 59% said it depends on the situation. Not a world survey. You Christians said, amen. And nearly three quarters said, it only means don't lie unless you really need to to get out of a crack. Don't throw a cuss fit unless the situation warrants it. No. We need God to come in and cause division. I want to talk to you about Christians, amen, that it depends on whether I do the right thing or the wrong thing. The situation depends. And if the situation warrants doing the wrong thing, God is such a God of love, he's okay with that. Statistics, 59%. And we're sleeping on the pews. We're laid up. You got Amos? Amen. Don't go there yet. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Amen. He said, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Somebody better sound the alarm. Amen. Because you don't know why God ain't answering your prayers. Amen. And it's because you're on the revolving circle of good intentions. 54% believes that homosexuality ought to be accepted in the church and even ordained to preach the gospel. Did you hear what I just said? 54% of the Bible-believing Christians believe it. 44% favor same-sex marriage in the church. Twenty-one percent believe in evolution. Forty-five percent believe abortion ought to be legal. Call me somebody. Call me somebody. Uh, hey man, I tell you what, I can beat that. Here, set my phone up where I can hit my alarm. Hey man, are you listening to me? Oh my God, don't let me bow. Hey man, to the compromise of popular opinion. Hey man, just because the majority is going that way. Hey man, that 45% believe that we were not created by a living God, that this world evolved from some explosion. While we're patticating, coming up with I come to sound the alarm. Amen. I come to sound the alarm because while you're wrestling with your stinking flesh instead of nailing him to a cross. Amen. Every 30 seconds, statistics says that every 30 seconds someone takes their own life. Not murder somebody else. Murders themselves because they see no hope in the world we're living in. Is anybody... That's annoying. I'm going to find me another church. That's annoying. But I give you leave, find you another church because I've been called to sound the alarm. Amen. While you're patting your hands right now, some teenager is going to blow his brains out because he has not seen a God that loves him. The God that is real in heaven. Oh, I got some more for you. Are y'all okay? Oh, my God. Are y'all okay? Amen. The ages of 10 through 24, suicide is the number three killer. Not Rex, not homicide. <laughs> suicide. 
how hopeless it is for an individual to take a gun and blow his own brains out. You hear me? Can you imagine the mental mindset of a person who will blow his own brains out? He's not doing it because he wants to do it. He thinks there's no other way out. And my Bible says you are the light of the world. We have hid our light under a bushel and compromised the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, amen, the church hasn't made an exodus. God has made an exodus out of his church. Well, you don't even know when you'll be back to give him some worship. I come to sound the alarm while you're wrestling with it. You can gamble or drink while you're wrestling with, amen. How much sin can I do and still get in, amen, while you're wrestling with, <laughs> All of the superficial, amen, ridiculous things that don't do nothing but point to the level of your carnality. You're dying and going to hell. That's, that's just the ones that are successful. 157,000 are treated, treated for self-inflicted wounds. They tried it, but it didn't work. Hey, is anybody in this place? And God is trying to turn his church. I told God they're probably going to misunderstand me today because I'm going to preach as if I believe the church is the answer. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to begin to preach. And I was born again on July 7th, 2018. And he said, you are not your own anymore. You're going to begin to preach like you really believe that the church is the only answer. I can tell you don't believe the church is the only answer by the way you live and by the way you act and how much you pray. You don't believe it? You don't believe it? This is just a religious rung on your religious ladder to get you to that place called heaven. Don't believe it. I was in discussion with a man the other day that said some things that rocked me to my core. He said, you don't believe in hell like you say you believe in hell. You don't believe your community's going to hell like you say they're going to hell because if you did, you wouldn't be sitting in front of me. Amen, talking to me. You'd be in a prayer closet somewhere wailing until your tears and sweat becomes this great drops of blood. Is anybody in this place? Amen. Amen. He said, if you believed that, you wouldn't be fat and overweight. He didn't say that, but I'm saying that. If you really believed that, you would fast so much, it'd kill everything that looks like the enemy until God is resurrected in your life. Just come to sound the alarm. I may not change you, but I'm going to take away your excuses. <laughs> Amen. God said, I've left my church because you left your devotion. <laughs> He said, I'll only be concerned about what you're concerned about. And I'm not concerned about your attentions. I'm only moved with your actions. For faith without works. Can I go deeper? Now, we picked on the homosexual. And we preached on same-sex marriage. Now, for some of you that are shacking up. 43% believe that unmarried sex is totally acceptable with God. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. You want to know why? Because they're not hearing the truth. Because the truth says, I don't care how much you worship. I don't care how much tithe you pay. I don't care how much involved you are in the church. And you can call Dean Love your pastor all you want to. Amen. But if you're having sex with someone you're not married to, it makes you a fornicator. And all fornicators are going to hell. That's hard to hear. That, ugh, ugh, that pierces my ears. I pray it pierces your spirit, not your ears, until I start dividing myself. People can't get saved anymore because the preacher never brings us to a place of division. Because we ain't preaching the word. 
Are y'all with me this morning? I, I need to help somebody before I quit, though. I'm going to help you with something right now. That if the church you're going to, you're never offended. <laughs> you're never offended by the word. You might ought to find another church. Oh, no, are we not on Facebook anymore? Jesus, help us. I was going to tell everybody out there. Because if you can hear a gospel that is always applauding you in your complacency, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why some of my best friends may not like me anymore because I've been born again again. And just because you're my best friend, I can't put the light under a bushel and I can't lie when God's... Point number two, y'all ready? Josh, we're going to get to Amos. You can tell, give me my. You can tell if you made the turn, number one, there'll first be a division in you. And then number two, there'll be a division in your peers. <coughs> There's going to be a division between you and your peers. Leonard Ravenhill, or one of the great preachers, once said, if we are the light of the world and we are the leaven that's supposed to bring change to our community, how are we getting so along with the world? How are we rubbing shoulders with them and there's no conflict? Oh, I know why. Relevance. Because I got to drink like you to win you. Snake. I stole that from somebody else. You wanted to say it, but I beat you to it. We got to go sit on bar stools with them now. Does that mean if I'm going to get you to go win, if I'm going to go win the prostitute, I need to find me one? Do a little. If I got a drink to win them, it's relevant, Pastor. You got to be relevant. Well, I want to go win the prostitutes. Huh? We gotta be like them. We gotta. My Bible says darkness and light has no fellowship whatsoever. It don't say hate the sinner. It says love the sinner. But fellowship means to engage in the same activity they're engaged in. Are you listening to me? Amen. And in retrospect, all we're doing is defaming the name of our God and destroying a witness and an opportunity to be able to reach them. Is anybody in this place, amen, to where the church is confused? And what blows my mind, I lost it. What blows my mind is confused people are getting their advice from confused people. They couldn't quote two scriptures. Blind leading the blind, they both falling in ditch. I come to sound the alarm. I come to sound the alarm. Because somebody's going to hell. So the fa- I got to move on. So the second aspect of divisions that's about to come into your life is, and here's the deal, it ain't the sinner that's going to hate you. Because the sinner knows how you're supposed to live better than you know. Can I get a witness right there? They know. They can make their judgment right off the top. Amen. Huh? They hadn't been conditioned uh, by compromising gospel. That God's okay with it. They don't know that. So the sinner's going to do one of two things. He's going to stand back and respect the church or he's going to join the church. No, the one you're going to have trouble with is the religious bunch. Yeah, it wasn't the sinner that killed Jesus. It was the religious bunch. Mm, This ain't for everybody, but I'm going to help somebody in here. And I'm getting ready myself because I have fought for 10 years to pull pastors together and leaders together. And I have done it to the compromise of shutting my mouth and not speaking when I should have spoke. Is anybody listening to me? I've never compromised my morals or my doctrine. I've only compromised my voice. But I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make the way straight. Exalt the valleys. Bring low the mountains. 
So no, when you take a stand and come out of your gray area, your own family may turn against you. The religious bunch are going to start calling you a cult. Being called a cult could be the greatest compliment that the 21st century ever found. Because cult don't mean demonic activity. It means unorthodox activity. And it's not normal for people to live so holy. Hey! That's not normal. Everybody sins every day. You're not in control of your emotions and your mental faculties. That's what salvation gave me. If it don't give me control of my emotions and mental faculty, I just soon get drunk. Oh, I know that's just... That's what I used to get drunk for. Some of us in the church just didn't realize it had the power to do that. When the closer you get to him, all of a sudden you start thinking right. The closer you get to him, all of a sudden you get strength to lay down some things. Come to sound the alarm. Yes, I want to give you some scriptures before you go. Hey, man, I'm not through, so if you need to, if you get through before I do, uh, come back tonight. Hey, man, are you listening to me? He said the next level of division is when the church stands up and becomes the real church, it's going to cause divisions and it's going to start making dividing lines to where the religious can't hang out with a real Christian anymore because they're at odds with one another. Amen. And might I add right here, right now, that one of the most famous messages Jesus ever preached was the Beatitudes. Can I get a witness? It's the Beatitudes, right? Amen. That's his first. He came out of the gate preaching this sermon. And it's in the book of Luke chapter number 6 beginning about verse number 21 and he said blessed are ye when men hate you amen and disassociate you from their company wait Jesus what about being relevant He said light and darkness can't hang out in the same place. One will be in direct opposition to the other. Is anybody in this place? Amen. He said, blessed are you, amen, that when men hate you and disassociate you out of their company and then talk about you like you're evil for my name's sake. He said, in that day rejoice because you have a reward in heaven. So somebody needs to just give the Lord a praise right now. Huh? Oh, my God. My God, here's one for you. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 49. Jesus said, I came to call fire on this earth. And I wished it was already burning. He said, but I have a baptism to be baptized with. And I am perplexed until I accomplish it. He said, I got a passion to die. And it's holding me steady to the cross. And then he went into a scripture you never hear preached in the 21st century pulpit. Amen. He said these words. Father, he said, you think I came to cause peace? He said, nay. Matter of fact, he said, you suppose. Supposition is killing the church. Supposition and presumption is killing the church. I just suppose God's okay with it. I just suppose this is all right. I just suppose God's. He said, you think I come to cause peace. You suppose I came to He said, nay, but rather I came to cause division. And the father will be divided against the son and the son against the father and the mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother and the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. He said, I bring division because when you step into true Christianity, it exposes compromise. Now there's going to be, he said there'll be five in the house and three will be divided against two and two will be divided against three. And now the, the, the Sunday dinner is tense. Ooh. Come to sound there, Lord. And I come to encourage somebody. You can't fit in no more because you done went to another dimension. And Jesus said, in that day, rejoice. While churches are rejoicing because they're so relevant, he said, I want you to rejoice when you don't fit in because great is your reward in heaven.
Somebody shout shift. 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 Because while you're going up, they still suck on the same old circle. They still stuck on the same old circle. But you can tell you're going up because when they start hating on you, you don't start hating on them. You like Moses go to the mountain and come back and say, I'm just trying to get you. I just want you to go to the high place with me. I found a place. I found a place where my body, soul, and spirit is in I need a piano player. My body, soul, and spirit is now in harmony with one another. And I have peace with God. And it don't matter if the whole community around me is trying to disassociate me from their club. I got a peace that surpasses all understanding. But it cost me. It cost me some relationships that I didn't want to lose. It cost me some habits I wasn't ready to quit. I ain't talking about you smoking and drinking. If you're still into all that, hey amen. You had never made your first strategic inflection point. I'm not even preaching on that level. We can and we could because it's got to start somewhere. No, no, no. I'm preaching to the church. I'm preaching to the church. Our strategic inflection point is just giving up a little bit of social media so I can have spiritual media. I, I, I don't preach against Facebook no more because I found out how great it is. But, but I so want to be and be a part of a church that's shaking a community that it'll make me push it aside. It'll, it'll make it push it aside. And when the pastor blows the trumpet and sounds the alarm and says, gather the people and pray, I'll lay down my life because now I realize, now I realize we're one generation away from a generation who don't know God. We're that close. If something don't change, my own grandbaby could be raised not even sure if there's a God in heaven. Oh my God. Is anybody? Oh, I'm not talking about intellectually, I'm talking about experientially. Because some of us sitting right in here only have an intellectual ascent that there is a God. And when you only have an intellectual ascent, Satan is the mastermind and he can change your mind. But he cannot take an experience from you. And the church has become theoretical rather than experiential. And I can't take it no more, Cole. I want God to be manifested. Because I can't preach good enough to hold you in the fiery trials. But if God ever grips you, oh, them scriptures you sent out, you ought to put them on flock note. Somebody shout paradigm shift. I'm wrestling with how to give this altar call and I feel really led that I should because God brought some people here today because this is where you are and all during worship you were in the blue. Can y'all read that from where y'all are at? The blue? <clears throat> all during worship you were in the dissonance gap. You were wrestling with your life and His. You were wrestling with something's calling me up and you're at that point. 
Now, I'm not just talking to sinners right now or the lost. I'm talking to some of us Christians. We're all here. And my job today was just to help you understand it's normal to be divided. But my question to you, as the audible, express voice of God, oh my God, my question to you is, are you going to accept his invitation? God is standing there. Oh, Josh, that sermon you preached a while ago, for you, for you as an individual, and he's saying, this is your opportunity. Come on, make the turn. And the awesome thing about it is, your flesh is telling you, you can't do it, it's not time, you're not qualified, but when you take the turn, God grabs you. And the Holy Spirit helps you walk away. You can't walk on your own. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.